What do you do when you're given an hour? Will you sit down at the couch to watch Netflix? Or do you pick up a book to read? Will you keep refreshing your social media feed? Or will you go out and hang out with friends? What do you do when you're given a choice? Will you try out a new restaurant? Or go back to the same place you've been for 20 times? Will you throw caution to the wind, quit your job to take a chance on your passion, or will you put it off and resign yourself to your fate? Our lives are a series of choices. Make better choices, and you have a better life. And those choices, they are guided by our preferences. We all have preferences. Given a choice, we tend to go with our preferences because, well, they're what we prefer. Nothing wrong with that, unless your preferences are bad for you. Hey, I'm Trey, and welcome to Better Human, a show about personal growth and self-discovery, where I share ideas and strategies that you can use to become better. Today, I want to talk to you about something that I have used extensively in my own life in the last five years. I call them default states. Default states are pre-made good decisions. Specifically, decisions you make in anticipation of a situation, which is often repeating itself. By nature, they're easy to remember and easy to perform, which is why it makes them so powerful. I'll circle back to that in a minute. For now, I want to talk about the origins of this strategy and why you should consider using it for yourself. One of the things I always hear from people is how they would like to develop habits and routines. The thing is, we all already have them. You may not be Bear Grylls waking up in a different forest every other week, but there is a certain pattern and rhythm to how your days and weeks play out over time. Even those who refuse to conform to a routine or think that they don't have a routine has a routine, even if it's the idea of having a routine of not having a routine. So far, I haven't met anyone who truly does something different every day. For most of us, it's remarkably easy to plot out a pattern as to how we lead our lives, especially if you zoom back far enough. The question is, are those healthy or unhealthy routines? Are they empowering or disempowering you? You may be thinking, what's the difference between default states and habits? Well, Think of default states as the precursor to habits. They are what comes before habits are formed, and they help habits to be formed. Imagine you're going to the supermarket. Even though you always go in with the best intentions, you somehow end up buying a bunch of things you weren't planning to. And it's always hard to resist sneaking in that chocolate bar or the bag of chips just before you check out at the cashier. Sounds familiar? That's the habit. And if you want to change that habit, you can't keep doing what you've been doing because we know that doesn't work. A default state is a simple rule you design in anticipation of that behavior you're trying to change or create in a particular situation, the situation being going to the supermarket. In essence, a default state is simply a rule to say, when I get to situation X, I'm going to do Y. For example, you can only go into a supermarket with a strict grocery list. Or perhaps you limit yourself to one indulgent item per grocery trip. After all, what are habits but learned and conditioned behaviors? A big part of learning is repetition. 
to do something over and over again until you have internalized it. And when you do something repeatedly, consistently, it becomes a habit. So default states are rules you design to make better decisions to build better habits. Let's go back to when we were kids. Do you remember how you yearn for freedom to do whatever you want, whenever you want? In those days, everything was pre-scheduled for you. School was a certain time, recess was a certain time, so were playtime and bedtime. As kids, we always had authority figures, our parents, teachers, who decided in advance for us. Yes, it was restrictive, and I'm sure many of you don't want to live like that again. But if you think about it, they were essentially creating good default states for us. Can you imagine if you were allowed to do whatever you wanted when you were eight? Probably with disastrous consequences. As adults, however, we often don't have the luxury of someone constantly looking our shoulder when we make decisions. We have more freedom. But as you know, with freedom comes responsibility. And this makes it a lot more complicated. And for a lot of people, harder, confusing, and sometimes scarier. It's easy to go off the rails when we're accountable to no one but ourselves. This is why, in part, we have social support systems. Others help us to stay on course, to help us become who we want to become, to hold us accountable. But that only comes to a point. We also need to drive our own lives with our own agency, which is why we need to employ strategies and tools that not only make our lives easier, but also to help keep ourselves accountable, even when no one else is looking, especially when no one else is looking. I believe in the inherent good of humanity, but that's just one part of it. I also don't deny the other parts that makes us human. All the complex emotions and reactions, biases and behaviors, we have evolved over thousands of years to help us to do one thing, survive and spread. We want to do the right thing, and we often know what it is that we need to do, but doing them consistently and doing them at the moments where it matter, that's a whole different story. In general, you don't want to be swept by the emotional current of the day, but you can certainly expect that to be the case. Don't leave it up to chance. In a natural state, I would rather binge watch House of Cards and get the benefits of going to the gym without actually going to it. But we both know that is wishful thinking. What do I mean by that? Let's switch gears into biology, because as you'll learn in a moment, much like genetics, the difference lies in design. In biology, there's a biological cause, or metabolic price, to achieve a function. Basically, every action that we take, including thinking, requires energy. In the original central dogma of Darwin's theory of evolution, the premise is that genes control life. We've since found out that that is not completely true. Essentially, genes cannot turn themselves on or off. Something in the environment has to happen in order to trigger gene activity. This has led to a new field of study, otherwise known as epigenetics. A simple definition is that it is the study of biological mechanisms that will switch genes on and off. The science of epigenetics, which literally means control above genetics, has profoundly changed our understanding of how life is controlled. 
In the last decade or so, research has established that genes are not set in concrete when we are born. Many factors such as environmental, nutrition, stress, and emotion can modify our genes without changing the basic blueprint. Hydalone itself is said to be linked to over 700 variants of genes, and that while most of it is influenced by the genetic factors, up to 40% can be attributed to environmental factors, mainly nutrition. So, my point is, designing an environment matters a lot when it comes to building good behaviours. Next, I want to talk about a concept that guides largely how I structure my day. It's called decision fatigue. In decision making and psychology, decision fatigue refers to the deteriorating quality of decisions made by an individual after a long session of decision making. It is now understood as one of the causes of irrational trade-offs in decision making. In layman's term, it simply means that the more decisions you make, the quality of a decision goes down because making decisions cost energy. For instance, your ability to self-regulate is impaired when you experience decision fatigue, which means you're operating at less than best. Marketers and businesses know this. Ever wondered why candies and snacks are always placed so close to the market cash registers? Yup, so that they can capitalize on shoppers' decision fatigue. This is an important concept because unlike physical tiredness, say, the average person gets tired after running 10k. That's easy to tell. It's a long run, you're out of breath, your legs are aching. But when it comes to decisions and mental prowess, that's intangible and it's hard to tell. You may feel tired and spent, but by that point, you probably have made a series of decisions at far below your threshold for making good decisions without even realizing it. For example, you might be going through a busy period at work. First, you don't get enough sleep, which impacts your mental performance. Then, you take more caffeine to overcompensate. You drink coffee far too late into the day, which means by the time you get into bed, caffeine is still in your system, which means your sleep suffers as a result. In addition, you might also miss your workout sessions, or if you do go, perform more poorly during your workout sessions because your energy is lower than usual. And maybe while you're working late, you start ordering takeout and start eating badly, unhealthy food. As you can see, one thing leads to another, they are all interconnected, and they are all part of a chain of bad decisions made in suboptimal conditions. You were simply not at your best states to make those decisions when you made them. Think of default states as fallbacks. I'm sure you've seen those cases with an axe or fire extinguisher inside them. And on the glass, it says, in case of emergency, break glass. That's how a default state is supposed to help you. Simple, clear instructions on how to act when you need it most. In behavioral science, there's also a concept called nudge. And it's the idea of proposing positive reinforcement and indirect suggestions to influence the behavior and decision-making of groups or individual. Organ donation is an example where nudge policy is seen to have worked. Spain uses an opt-out system, whereby all citizens are automatically registered for organ donation unless they choose to state otherwise. This is different for many countries where donors have to manually opt in. 
And that system is one of the reasons why Spain is a world leader in organ donation. The theory is the same with pension. Deep down, most people want to be donors if they are to die in an accident and their organs can be used to save someone else's life but for some reason never get around to registering. The nudge and opt-out system just makes it easier for them to do what they really want to do. So you can also think of default states as a way to help you to opt in to good choices. Here are some of my default states to get you started. Take the stairs over the escalators. I call it free exercise. Go for wine over beer. Don't pass up the chance for a spontaneous adventure. Wake up seven hours from the time I sleep. Then there are the things I do daily as part of my ritual. From writing to working out to meditating to reading. I usually do these things at the same time every day so that I don't have to think anymore. If 10pm reaches, pick up a book and read it for one hour. If I wake up after I brush my teeth, start meditating. After I brew a pot of coffee and I sit down, I write for an hour first thing in the morning. There are also broader default states I set for myself, for life in general. For example, if something goes wrong, always question my role and responsibility in that situation first. When given a chance, always prioritize long-term growth over short-term gains. And finally, if a friend is in need in tough times, always be there for them. As a bonus, here are some new ones I'm trying to program currently into my life. When in conversation, ask questions instead of stating my opinion. Always choose vegetables over meat. Alright, now I'm going to leave you with some tips if you're interested in designing a default state for yourself. Number one, it should be simple. As you might have realized, most of mine are one short sentence. If you make it easy to remember, it will be easy for you to use. Number two, pick a situation that is occurring frequently, preferably daily, not something that is once off or once in a blue moon. For example, if I have something that goes like, if I find out that I'm dying next month, I'll start doing the things that I love. That's a bad one. A better one would be every time I encounter an annoyance, I'll take 10 seconds to write down one thing I'm grateful for. Number three, identify a situation where you can score an easy win. For example, the one I have with choosing stairs over escalators have done me immense good. I've probably climbed thousands of steps with that simple default state. You can also go with something like choosing water or sparkling water instead of soda. Number four, be specific and realistic. Instead of having a default state that goes every morning at 9am, I'll sit down and write a book. Create a default state where you just say you sit down for an hour to write 500 words. And lastly, number five, use reminders. Make it as easy for yourself to remember as possible. The one with stairs and escalators is easy because you will, you will know it when you see it. But if you're trying to start a new behavior, a new default state, then I would suggest adding a daily reminder on your phone and have it go on as long as possible until you've had a chance to perform the new default state 
a number of times. In summary, default states are a simple and powerful way to change behavior, especially for existing behaviors. It has worked very well for me, and I hope that it will for you too. Give it a try and let me know how it goes. Thanks for listening. Until next time.